Hello, welcome to another episode uh, of CRT Sound System. My name is Tom. Um, how are you today, Reese? I'm great. Uh, thank you for asking. I really appreciate it. I, I was uh, absolutely spellbound by uh, by the tune and was startled and alarmed uh, when you introduced the podcast. So I think <laughs> that is a good intro for uh, the the subject for this evening kind of pulled together last minute. Um, yeah, uh, we had a guest pull out um, due to uh, illness, unfortunately. So we've we've rescheduled them. Um, but I just wanted to get something on the docket just so that we're not falling behind, because I think otherwise um, the date that we were able to rearrange the recording for is the day before this episode is due to go out. Uh, this episode being episode number 10. Um, for Silent Hill. Uh, now, the original episode 10 was a different episode, um, but I just threw this together sort of last minute because um, I absolutely love Silent Hill 2. I love the Silent Hill 2 soundtrack, one of my favorite sort of um, video game soundtracks. Um, how's, how do you feel about uh, Silent Hill? Uh, I, I love Silent Hill 2. Um, mm. I, I, I quite enjoy Silent Hill 1, and I I have had difficulty connecting with it Beyond that, um, yeah. I, Silent Hill is something that I, I kind of enjoy just as like a one and done experience. And I, of course, of course, appreciate the memes, et cetera. But I haven't really gone in depth yeah. like, you know, uh, any time I'm thinking about uh, Silent Hill, uh, I am reminded of Resident Evil and uh, then... <laughs> And, and then that's just that's where my brain goes. I'm uh, yeah, uh, you I, are you I, are I've chosen a, aside. Yeah, you're definitely more of a Resident Evil person. Um, me, um, I think like I, I never played the Resident Evil games. I think I mentioned possibly the last episode. Yeah, um, actually no, it's not the last episode. It's the last episode recorded, but it will be the next episode after this. Um, that uh, so I will mention in the future that um, I've only played Resident Evil Two on the N sixty four um up until sort of four came out um i just i never really got into survival horror um and because i didn't have a playstation until sort of much later um i sort of i only discovered the, that i did like silent horror when i started playing silent hill at a friend's recommendation um but yeah well, they're just okay. silent hill as much as i love resident evil silent mm. hill is is operating on a level um that is i feel like it's it's like a it's extremely obvious that it's much easier to take silent hill seriously like resident yeah. evil is supposed to be a b movie and kind yeah. of like the gameplay supports that you know yeah. a lot of silent hill has kind of a, a lot more of those classic mechanics but it's 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 a bit weirder um and why yeah. i'm excited about you proposing this episode is because I, I have not really looked into sort of like the nuts and bolts and sort of like the what what makes Silent Hill tick as much. And so I'm really excited because um, I do think it is it is a really compelling video game. And it and it was absolutely a fucking uh, nuclear at the time in its way um, uh, when I remember I remember playing playing it uh, when it came out um, here in the States. And it was, you know, it's it's it, it, it's not good. It, it didn't like blow the doors off of like games media like some games did. But like the, the there's a reason why uh you know everybody in the Silent Hill fandom now is 
uh, deeply devoted, defi- despite the fact there has not been a good Silent Hill game in uh, over Quite a while. 45 years. <laughs> um, some would even say since two. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, 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 I'm that person, but yes. Uh... <laughs> but I mean, like, I, th- I think, like, your, your experience of just the first two games is probably, like, the purest experience one can have. Um, like as I say, I do like three. Um, I like Origins. I like um, the the Wii one, the sort of weird remake of the first game that was on the Wii, uh, Shattered Memories. That's what it's called. I like that one. Um, and as I mentioned to you before we started recording, all of them have excellent soundtracks because they're all actually done uh, by the same person, which is um, Akira Yamaoka. Um, if you know his name, you probably know it from this, um, unless you're like really, really into DDR. Um, he's done a lot of stuff on DDR soundtracks. Um, and there's, you know, he, he has stuff crop up here and there um, for like Grasshopper Manufacture and stuff like that. I think he did the um, the Killer is Dead soundtrack um, okay. and a couple of others that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, say if you know this person's name, you know it because of Silent Hill. Like it's, um, it's it has sort of become his baby. Um, like he started off the first game, and I, yeah, he was just like the music and sound director. Um, the second game, he was also doing music and sound effects, and then by the third game, I think he was one of the main directors on it. Um, so it's like a, a lot of the tone and style of the of the game comes from sort of his vision. Um, and I think like as, as much as I do enjoy one and two, especially two, um, I don't think they're as good of a game without the sort of atmosphere and the, the sense of space and place that the, the music of Kiriyamoka has done. And I suppose we'll get more into it later as well, but just that sense of like, there's, there's a lack of musicality to some of it, where it is really just creating a sense of dread or a sense of. Um, whatever um, the the scene itself is trying to convey. Um, and he does that a lot by using sort of ambient sounds um, as part of the music. Um, so, you know, you do get like stuff that sounds like maybe it's a monster in the background, but it is actually just part of the soundtrack. Um, things like that that really sort of help sort of give you a good, um, uh, just give you that sense of like isolation and that sense that there's things in the darkness that you can't quite make out, can't quite figure out. Yeah, that makes sense. That's really interesting to learn um, because I do feel the reason Silent Hill stands out is because it it's firing on all cylinders in uh, in ways that video games struggled to. Um, you know, when when they were trying mm. to like reach for that sort of like more serious artistic thing, it would it would usually be very like consciously cinematic you know trying to like ape this or that and silent hill is trying doing some of that but i feel like it's aligning that sensibility to the the gameplay systems like and and sort of like and it's like it's interesting when you mention this because it's like i have no doubt like this is going to be a great playlist um but i don't remember any of the silent hill music because it was just kind of like (laughs) baked into the the whole experience um yeah um, and I suppose like one of the big things in the in the first in most of the games, I think it's pretty much in all the games, but it certainly was like a, an innovation in one. Um, and they do it really well in two is how the the radio works. I don't know if you remember the radio from the games. Yeah, the the way the static 
uh yeah the way you get that you know. static coming through when a monster is nearby um and again like that that i think that comes from it being sort of designed by a sound designer who sort of understands how to um you know how to create tension and how to to use sound to to make things more scary um even in like in silent hill one and two like you can mo run around pretty much every enemy um very few enemies are actually an act a, a threat to you um but because the game does such a good job of creating that atmosphere and that sense of dread um you're still sort of scared of enemies that you know won't actually kill you <laughs> um and you're sort of even more scared of the ones that you you can't see because you know you just don't know where they are and again that just that that whole sense of space um really really works um so i suppose just to be more specific on this um this is just silent hill 2 we're not going to go into any of the other games um but i definitely have um plans down the line to do more of the games um but as I said i just wanted to grab one that i know i love uh and then just quickly put together a playlist uh so i suppose we'll, we'll stop chatting too much for now reese um i'm going to go into the first block of tracks and this first the first ones i've pulled out are all um, sort of down tempo pieces, um, just um, you know, a lot of sort of synth pads and really, really just sort of chilled out sounds. Um, as I mentioned to you um, before we started recording, these are the sort of um, Resident Evil save room type tracks. Hell yes. um, would definitely fit into any one of those playlists. I'm sure you, I know you've mentioned before that that's like a YouTube playlist you like to put on as just like Resident Evil save rooms. Um, I, I love it. I I love to be soothed and to be safe <laughs> with my um, green herb. <laughs> we all do love a green herb. Um. So yeah. So we have five tracks. Uh, first one is White Noise. Second is Forest. Um. Third is Prisonic Fairy Tale. Um. Then we have Heaven's Night, and lastly, the Day of Night. So let's go. Let's go. Thank you. 
All right. All right. Those were nice. I Real chill like, times with those. I feel like we have to, you know, get get a little bit more introspective. Bring bring the mood down to a more gray moral area. Um, so far, push. Uh, let me ask you. Uh, have you ever killed anybody? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, 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 it definitely is nice chill stuff. But even then, you call it safe room mm. music. But there's, I, I felt there was like real menace in all of that. Yeah, even, even in the chillest stuff, like the safe room music yeah. feels safe. Um, mm. not, not, not to keep mentioning Resident Evil because I feel like it is kind of no, a false dichotomy in a way. Like they're they're doing such different things. I mean, yes, but also like I think. Like in many ways, Silent Hill felt like a response to uh, Resident Evil. Um, so I mean, like I get it. Um, I mean, uh, and you know, as as podcasters, it is our is it is our job to make as many false equivalences as possible. No, you're you're not wrong, and it's like they are connected culturally. Um, but mm. I feel like, w- despite their, uh, you know, obvious similarities, I think what makes Resident Evil work and what makes Silent Hill work uh, are on opposite ends of the spectrum um and 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 i but at the same time both games are very mechanical in nature in a way um silent hill less mechanical but just more the way the gameplay experience makes you feel and how that is kind of like the premium part of the gameplay because i don't think anybody would really consider like like hunting around for those little ghouls under the car or whatever to be actually like the most fun action gameplay of all time. It's not super compelling. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really fucking scary, you know, when you're in the rust realm and shit's happening. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and it, it's really oppressive and that's, that's the experience. And it is a much more, it feels more cinematic, even though it's not doing uh kind of, one-to-one movie things it's it, yeah. it's trying to translate that for uh you know yeah. it's it's presentation and it's yeah and I, I feel like it is it is cinematic in it in its way but um i think much more than resident evil it is like it draws a lot more from literary horror um than it does from like horror movies which i think resident evil is obviously um a very deliberate pastiche of especially the first couple of ones like very deliberate pastiche of certain horror movies um whereas i like the movies that get referenced in silent hill are things like kindergarten <laughs> you know yeah and it feels too like even even though it, it does take take place uh you know in in america um the it, it, it has a very japanese feel to it you know the the, the way that the school is laid out and sort of like does not have does not ring like really like an American school at all. Okay. Like they, they they pull like some uh some things for so, so they can make it look like it. But I don't know. And sort of just like the focus on like so much of it is kind of like going through these these domestic situations. Mm. Um and and to me I feel like it 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 is literary and it's also kind of like pulling from a lot of kind of like folk horror ideas. Um, yeah. Uh, to, to and kind of repurposing them for for you know video game presentation. Yeah. No, that that that's definitely. Um, and I suppose not to um to underplay um stuff like how like Twin Peaks Twin Peaks affected. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I mean, 
um obviously not not itself a movie but you know um it's not a it's not literary either but that's definitely sort of the atmosphere um and i think as well like one thing you you often read about is like almost every game in the 90s was influenced by twin peaks in some way in, in japan just because like it was a as much as that was a cultural phenomenon in the west even like they i remember some of my earliest memories are like staying up with my parents to watch the next episode of twin peaks yeah um, even in ireland it was like appointment viewing it was on um and it sort of was one of the earliest times I became aware of that sort of time shift between stuff airing in America um, and eventually showing up over in Ireland. <laughs> um, but like, um, you know, that, that that show was such a huge cultural moment and um, was also in Japan as well, from my understanding, is um, like Link's Awakening and, a, you know, Earthbound and a bunch of other games all sort of um, call to it for ref uh, for like sort of inspiration um and definitely the silent hill series as a whole does too um I, I do agree that twin peaks did sort of like create a a tone in a language that that hit like hit, hit really hard um in mm. in media to follow and influence it because it's not like yeah. there was anything like it's not like there was nothing like this before but twin peaks has such a specific melancholy yet mm. um you, you know but there's the mirth and it's it's it, it's got a very like specific um detail focused you know slice of life um yeah like existential look but it's it's not positive necessarily you know i think david mm. lynch is ultimately a, a moral filmmaker and a moral artist when he's making this but the tone in twin peaks is very very um, oblique and i and i think yeah. that things really weren't like that things weren't lynchian until lynch you know it, yeah <laughs> uh, it, to, to put it obviously yeah um and i suppose yeah even just like the setting of it being sort of like a, a pacific northwest town um you know it is it is a very specific setting um like it's what it's one of those settings to me that's always sort of I've I've always found just utterly fascinating just because I've never been to that part of America. I've only really been to the um to the East Coast. Um and even when you go up to Vermont, it's still not quite the same, I don't think. Um and I think part of that is just because I sort of watched stuff like Twin Peaks growing up that like um I created this whole sort of notion of the Pacific Northwest in my brain. Um and I'm sure if I ever went there, I'd probably just have the worst case of Paris syndrome. <laughs> um, well, one day uh, I'll get there. Well, I mean, to to, uh, to illuminate you, the Pacific Northwest is incredibly beautiful, and you'll be like, "Wow, this mm. is this is wonderful! Great hiking, great uh, all this stuff," uh, and and also just filled with white supremacists. You know, it's <laughs> it's that's that's mostly the deal. Uh, but but you know, the energy crystal uh, white supremacists, so they kind of go under the radar. <laughs> the real weird ones yeah um yeah so i suppose we'll 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 jump into the next couple of tracks there shortly um so these these ones i've picked are sort of more um i'll say industrial pieces um so i suppose to contrast with those more chill um vibes uh especially during when you're in like the um the, the dark silent hill 
uh, where everything turns to rust and or like when you're fighting bosses and stuff like that you get um a lot of these um sort of more urgent industrial sounding pieces the um you know again a lot of ambient sounds but like the um you know the rhythms and stuff like that are sort of are very urgent they're very stressful um and it gives a real again just a real good sense of of the sort of feelings that you're supposed to be sort of taking on when you're doing these um bits um and I suppose just as a complete aside on Akira Yamboka, he has a solo album that he's released um, under his own name, just called I Futurist. Um, some of those songs have actually been used on DDR games, as far as I recall. But um, as, a, as a sort of album, it's really interesting because it's a it's a fusion of like um, industrial, um, like industrial synth pop, basically. So like it's all like J-pop singers. Um, but like all the music is just like this very fast industrial stuff. So it's 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 good to sort of see him flex that muscle um on this soundtrack as well. Um so yeah, we have Betrayal, Ashes and Ghost, The Darkness That Lurks in Our Mind, and Terror in the Death of Oak. Let's go.
Yeah. Um, I reckon somebody uh, needs to call Trent Reznor's lawyers for that last one. He I'll might have a case. Tell- <laughs> uh, up until you pointed out uh, that last song was just uh, Nine Inch Nails.mp3, um, <laughs> I, I was getting really in the mood. I was getting real scared and spooky thinking about my playthrough, thinking about the Rust Realm, how fucked up it is. Um, like, the thing about Pyramid Head is, like, I can't even, like, like talk about Pyramid Head. That is such a, like, moment of, like, overwhelming terror every time. Mm. Um but but it's like, like I have no memories of, of Pyramid Head. But wandering around the Rust Realm, that's scary. And then yeah. it just it's all ruined by uh, the you pointing out that it's it's closer. And all I could hear <laughs> is just like Trent Reznor, um, you know, uh, saying he's gonna suck Jesus off or which, which, whichever whatever that song is. I uh, prefer yeah. <laughs> um yeah like the i, I just i love this the, the first one I, I mentioned to you just like that percussion just sounds like it's like workers in a mine or something it's a very sort of like classically industrial in that way um it's just this sort of arrhythmic hammering that sort of comes together to um, create a beat somehow um and then like the ashes and ghosts i love that one just where it starts off with that all that urgency and the, the really really heavy beat um, and then it just sort of stops and then there's just the, the calm sort of synth stuff going on. And then it sounds like there's just like a foghorn or some kind of alarm going off in the background. Uh, and like that sort of klaxon sound is a bit of a motif throughout the game um, as the game or as the world enters the Rust Realm or Dark Silent Hill or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you do hear that klaxon um, going off. So I think it's sort of uh, a deliberate um attempt to sort of invoke that is that is that what it's called the dark side uh i forget what they call it um okay. there's um we'll, we'll figure it out before the end of the podcast um uh, i mean silent hill lore is weird and confusing and like uh and it's mostly about uh well we'll, we'll save that for the next break um well, I, i'm <laughs> if not you're, gonna, if you're gonna bring up the circumcision guy <laughs> don't worry i got you covered <laughs> um Excellent. I'm really glad to hear that. The uh, the thing about the these songs, um, like I mentioned uh, before, is during the sort of like the more harmonious sense that necessarily I think you know in in a lot of songs would be you know like the pleasant, nice, we feel safe music. Mm. Um, Akira is turning up the volume, I feel, just like, just a little bit too loud for that kind of thing. And yeah. just, it's a little bit too rough around the edges with with the disharmony. Um, yeah. Um, and, and then edging into uh, this this stuff with, like you mentioned, the, the minor percussion sounds, which to me um, sounded very much like a factory. Like you like you go into the rust realm and it's like all this industrial stuff and it feels like there is this you know system of you know uh, fearing you to hell that has existed long before you came there uh, mm. and and it's it's good at evoking all of these images and it's yeah. very interesting having learned that the the style was very much informed by the music like it's it, it's exciting. Um, to, to see how kind of like primordial these, these sort of 
uh, themes uh, he's working for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's just, uh, I just, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so um, we shall jump into the next uh, break, which is actually just um, just two tracks. Um, they're sort of more guitar-oriented pieces. Um, probably one of the more famous pieces. I think it's used. I think it's one of the main intro tracks. Actually, if you if you let it um, sit on the uh, on the title screen, it'll play uh, a little um, attract mode with this track on it. Is the theme of Laura? Uh, as I say, probably one of the most well-known tracks from this game. Um, and then the um, the other track is called Love Sam. Um, I'm not sure where that crops up in the game, um, but it is one of my favorite tracks from the game. Um, so I just wanted to include these sort of on their own, um, just because they don't really fit with any of the other sort of groupings I have. Oh, yeah, let's do this. Let's go.
those are such a, a different vibe to everything else so far i think um love love psalm has such a alterna 90s vibe to mm. it um it absolutely feels like the one instrumental track on a fastball album or something um it's it but i, I which which is not to say it is bad it is it, i think they're they're bangers it's just interesting that uh the sound it, that he went for yeah with them. It, it, it's a very of the moment sound that is not necessarily mm. something you associate with silent hill but i think it works yeah. well for certain like maria's mm. um uh credits we both looked up is is where love song shows up and and i kind of like it as as it's just a thing of just kind of like giving um maria a little bit of character just with the song choice just sort of like making her feel like a little bit more nor just normal you know yeah you you know sort of underscoring you know her, her humanity i don't know um well, I mean, that's, yeah, that is, that's an interesting thing, because I don't know if you've actually played the Born from a Wish scenario. Um, I, I might have. I, I, I yeah, it's, it's on, like, the director's cut. It's basically just, like, um, it starts off in, in the night, in the club Heaven's Night, um, and you just, you're basically just doing a very quick fetch quest for a guy in, who's, like, behind a locked door. Um, but it's, yeah, again, it does, it does, like, flesh out her character in, in some really interesting ways. Um, but I just, I, I find this interesting that you sort of mentioned her humanity, seeing as, like, there is a reading of the game, uh, and I think it's sort of the, the the generally accepted reading is just that she doesn't exist, that she's just completely made up, um, either by the town or by James, um, and that her whole purpose is essentially just to die so that he can learn a lesson. Uh, um, and it does sort of like deal with her sort of coming to a realization of who she is. Um, but an interesting thing, it sort of like it doesn't actually resolve it because like she gets to sort of the door um, metaphorically to sort of understanding what her purpose is, what she is in this world, but then doesn't actually make that final step um, and then just sort of continues to sort of live out her fate path. Which is, um, it's it. It's tragic, um, and it sort of makes that character a lot more interesting because um, I don't think you get that side of her too much in the the main game. Um, so mm-hmm. it's good to sort of see that and sort of understand, like, just the tragedy of being sort of fated to just be somebody's, like, um, you know, as as a woman in a video game to just end up being the, just to exist for, um, the um, male protagonist to learn it. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. <laughs> you know, um, um, and that's and like I don't think there's any sort of meta commentary intended there or anything like that. But it's, uh, um, it is it is interesting that um, it's even something that is thought of um, from a game um, back in the early two thousands. That's right, Maria. Your life doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Um... <laughs> No, yeah, that, that's true. That, that that makes sense, and I think too, it's um, I, I I am sure you know you could probably find interviews or whatever where certain things are spelled out uh, very specifically, but but I also too yeah. like feel like Silent Hill is very rewarding as kind of just taking it on these on these broader, um, more sort of like existential levels, yeah. like it, 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 in the same way like in Twin Peaks, like. 
everybody you know loves the mystery but what makes it special yeah. isn't the mystery it's 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 the tone and sort of just the 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 cinematic heights that Lynch somehow uh, reaches um, yeah. with with just an incredibly detailed understanding of of what it's like to live a human life, and you know mm-hmm. it, it's like there there are plenty of goofy moments in in Silent Hill, but I think it's still trying to take that same tack and sort of like even if you know it's not fully making like a feminist commentary about Maria, I do think it it is making uh leave, leaving it a little bit broad um, yeah what these different things could be um and mm-hmm. and i think it's rewarding to sort of like you know bring some of yourself to it rather than trying yeah. to like I think solve like, it like any art yeah it's it's not a puzzle it's you know um well I, not, not, not any art of... uh lost uh it, it was it was important <laughs> to solve it uh, that that was its only value. No, sorry. Uh, go on. <laughs> uh, I've never seen Lost, so um, I'm only familiar with it uh, culturally, I suppose. Um, I suppose I, one thing I was going to say is that, like, it, it's interesting that you do mention um, that um, that the sound of those tracks um, is not something that you would necessarily associate with Silent Hill. Um, but like it is something that would continue on through the series. Um, like these sort of feel as a bit of a precursor to um especially in three, but there's there's a bunch of them in other games. Um where um he gets uh, Mary Elizabeth Midlin, who's one of the voice actors, I think that she does Heather in the third game. Um uh, she comes in and basically does like rock ballads um that are sort of all very similar to this, that they're sort of they're just a normal band track um it's all like just guitar bass drums and vocals um and those sort of have become the the themes of the game um to the point that in the um in the movie adaptation certainly the first one i've never seen the second one um those songs are actually used as part of the end credits um so like yeah, it is it is interesting that like if you sort of have a broader pop cultural understanding of Silent Hill, you may be more familiar with those vocal tracks than anything else on these soundtracks. Um and again, it because it is interesting just because they are so different from everything else. Mm-hmm. But I think it just it goes to show um Yamaoka's versatility and sort of willingness to sort of let um what works for a moment or for what works for a game. Um actually be what it needs to be rather than just being like i need to stick to this sort of tone throughout um and again you mentioned that as well it's sort of the one of the strengths of of twin peaks and a lot of stuff that i really really like myself um is stuff that manages to sort of shift tone um in a lot of strong ways um without ever feeling like any one of those tonal shifts is um is out of place yeah yeah absolutely I uh, um, and so I guess what we're trying to say, audience, is uh, let <laughs> let PT go. It's it, appreciate the the depth and and joy and genius of the Silent Hill you have. Uh, it it will all the rest of it will always be bad forever. Um, it's okay. Um, it's okay. That, that's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it, that Silent Tom's Hill is all that. an allegory. It's all an allegory for circumcision and the horrors of circumcision. Oh my god! Okay. 
Okay, uh, you you tell us what that that you're referencing. I, I'm I'm not even going to go into that. But um, <laughs> that's, if you want to look up Silent Hill circumcision on your own time, um, make sure safe search is on. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, so uh, to talk about a bit more music, then we're. Uh, going to have there's actually going to be a lot of breaks in this one to come to look at it uh, we've got one more break in fact two more breaks before the last um uh, before the last track so uh break number four is these piano pieces um and again i sort of just grouped a lot of these together based on general tone and vibes um so these are all sort of a little bit more piano heavy um a little bit more melodic than um some of the more sort of down tempo or industrial pieces um so we have a uh, true null moon magdalene and fermata in mystic air sorry fermata in mystic air so yeah let's go let's go
Uh, again, I just um, I can't help but point out just I, I, the the thing that always impresses me about these soundtracks is just how they can um, really just jump around with those different tones and moods and um, even on the sort of those more minimalist pieces, you still get a touch of those those synths that are just sort of not quite harmonious. Mm. Um, so you still just have that unsettling feeling, even though the melodies are lovely um, and they're just, you know, played quietly on a nice piano. Um, and you've got these sort of trip hoppy drums, especially for the first two tracks. Um, but yeah, it's just, just there is just that air of sort of things are not quite right. Yeah. And, you know, I've been pretty glib about the the Silent Hill fandom thus far. Um, but but I do think it it is telling that the, the level a lot of Silent Hill fans are compelled at, like, they are, you know, these, these themes that reach across games, and even if, you know, um, the later games are less liked, they're, they're still, like, an interest in engaging with the, like, very sort of like you know um semiological horror that's going on like if mm. it, it is i i i feel like it, it it's the kind of movie where you can absolutely make reads about uh you know what these different monsters mean and like you know circumcision icky drama aside like it's um I think it it is quite evocative, and I think it's interesting, yeah. and, and I think the music is very much uh, helps helps serve that up, and it like and you know it's it's it and it creates this context kind of like a you know a dark Twin Peaks where you know it it it's tough to say exactly what is a Silent Hill story, but you know it involves you know murder and and you know the these sort of yeah. horror tropes presented in a I think very specifically Japanese way, um, mm. uh, but yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think it's just um, like it it is when you have that continuity, even just um, with um, with Akira Yamaoka being in, in all the games that um, even like, I think a lot of the problems people have with the later games um, sort of gameplay aside is how they handle the lore. Um, and, you know, that's that's a whole rabbit hole to go down. But I suppose um, like the first two games, they're not super interested in lore. Um, they're much more interested in telling these stories about these specific people. Um, and using the town as a sort of, um, what would you call it? Um, the town itself doesn't really necessarily matter because, um, like the town sort of is whatever it needs to be for that person to, um, to yeah, do it's, it, or learn what they need to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, the, the name of the town could very easily be story, scary story setting Oregon, you yeah. know, it's, um, <laughs> you know, which, which is being. It is, it, be glib, of course, but I it, yeah. it, it is very much sort of like a, a a broader setting than I think. Yeah, it it sometimes is necessarily interpreted. Yeah, and I think like you you see a lot of that with sort of like iconic things like the pyramid head coming back very regularly, even though it doesn't really make sense with how he's used in the in Resident Evil or Resident Evil in Silent Hill Two. Um, for him to ever show up again because of he has a very specific purpose. Yeah. Um 
but also then like it is based on like the existence of pyramid head is based on stuff that is like quote unquote the history of silent hill um as a town so like um yeah and I, I can understand why people want to want to bring that character back but like um it just it really dilutes the the impact of it yeah um my my favorite easy silent hill joke is uh after the announcements is that silent hill fans should be happy that konami um put them into a realm of endless suffering with the new updates because <laughs> that's exactly what they love um, yeah <laughs> anyways uh i i, I, I obviously I, I love silent hill but i i have am not quite as familiar with with it um but i absolutely yeah. appreciate it and sort of like the stuff i've seen people going hard on the lore and trying to parse it um like void burger has yeah. has made a lot of interesting silent hill videos yeah. kind of around that stuff and around pt so it's yeah it's it, it is i think really rich and and worthy of of this exploration yeah there's a, there's a lot to it but i i think it does sort of uh, lose something in sort of finding out what things whether they were i suppose intentionality isn't necessarily something that i care about but like um just finding out that people have started putting in these connections um i don't know it sort of takes it away from me I, I'm, I'm the same when i play like um from soft games i don't read any lore um i don't like look up lore videos or anything like that i just i like the mood i like the sort of atmosphere of those games um and i find that the sort of oblique lore um adds to it and the more i learn the more sort of actual concrete stuff that i learn mm -hmm. um the less interesting it is to me <laughs> um so i like i like to sort of keep things a little bit vague for my own sort of enjoyment um, yeah, yeah, so i don't sure. sort of spend a lot of time reading wikis or watching um videos on lore even though like um i have watched a couple of void burger streams um where she was doing a let's play of silent hill 2 and stuff like that um, and I think those are really, really fun because her knowledge of the game is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and it, it's always nice because it, it, it sort of makes them feel a little bit more like a director's commentary, even though they're not directors, but like um, a commentary, I suppose, on the games as they're being played rather than just being like, um, here's a deep dive on, on a specific lore thing from, um, you know, that you can see on a on a note that you pick up optionally in a in the corner of a room in the hospital or something like that. I um, am absolutely convinced that uh, Voidburger should just add doctor to the front of her, uh, you know, <laughs> username. Because she honestly is the, like the world's like leading expert on Silent Hill, uh, as far as I know. So yeah. um, I, 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 I've watched one of those streams too, and I agree. It's mm -hmm. it. Her uh, her talking about it is part of the reason. It's kind of like it illuminated a lot of this stuff and made me respect it. Um, you know, even yeah. though I loved it before, but I kind of just loved it broadly as like a oh, that's the scary, spooky one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I suppose we'll we'll do one more block of tracks. Um, these are actually all so the next four tracks um are all from the ending. So I'm going to play three three from um. Three of the different endings and then the last track will then also be one of the ending tracks um so we have uh overdose delusion which is the leave silent hill ending so like i think that's sort of the default ending um where you um just leave silent hill uh with laura um 
presumably to adopt her. Um, I think that was sort of what Mary wanted to do in the uh, in the game anyway. Um, so it doesn't really make a lot of sense uh, given how she treats you. <laughs> um, then you have the um, Angel's Thanatos or Angel's Thanatos, um, which is the in water ending, which um, is the ending where you kill yourself basically. Um, to um, it's like the way you sort of access these endings is how you act in the game. Um, so if you like, if you leave your health low for like a long time or you don't properly heal, um, just like you generally just show disregard for your own life. Um, that like gets is more likely to get you the in water ending because it's like um, how you're acting in the game is sort of quote unquote suicidal or or whatever. So it's such. Um, it's uh, it's interesting how the game reacts to your like how you play. Um, there's no sort of like explicit moments in the game where it's like um, make a choice here and then that like gives you one or two, one of the three endings. It's just like it literally looks at how you play the game. Yeah, I remember um, that. It, it all the ending requirements are very specific. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, then the last track of the block is Promise, which is the Maria ending. Um, Probably my least favorite ending of them all, where you just sort of leave with Maria, um, which just is one of those things of like, well, he he just didn't learn his lesson whatsoever. <laughs> um, and I presume that's not going to go well anyway for either of them. Um, so yeah, those three tracks of the ending and um, or some of the ending tracks, uh, we're not going to talk about the UFO or dog. <laughs> Um, I don't know if the songs for those are even in the uh, soundtracks and um, they might be on like the, the big box set uh, as like um, bonus material. I couldn't find them if they are, um, but maybe they are. Um, so yeah, um, let's jump into those three tracks and then we'll come back for our goodbyes. Let's go.
the way that last chord plays on that final track there is is, is great. Just again, like that sort of, um, it gives it such a sense of finality. Absolutely. Um, so um, all three of those, uh, as I mentioned, all ending songs. Um, I suppose it does sort of link up with the previous um, uh, sort of the theme of Laura, it being the opening song and the love song being um, the Born From A Wish ending song and that like all of the opening and ending songs do seem to have a bit of a um, a guitar sort of rock, just like um, basic standard rock music um, vibe going with them. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like as I say, the the endings I think are really interesting. Just um, you know, we did talk a bit about how like there's no real canon ending mm -hmm. um, to this game, um, and I like that. I like that all three endings do sort of feel like they um, could be possible sort of emergences from a sort of character choices. So you know, whether you decide to leave with Laura, whether you decide to try and leave with Maria, um, whether you sort of can't reconcile what you've done and and just sort of end it um mm -hmm. or with the the final ending which would be the the reverse will one of of trying to actually revive mary um using this sort of ancient ritual um that you sort of learn about um throughout the game yeah. um that like you know they all feel like they could be a step that that uh, james as a character would take um you I know even if Go on. I don't want to raise, you know, any any particular fans' hackles, but yeah. the, the second playthrough endings, uh, which is you know the the dog ending stuff like that, um, yeah. I, I I I think the the resurrection one is interesting, but I feel like that's very much of a a side attraction. I don't know to to the game yeah. rather than than something I really bake too much into to the whole thing. Like it's fun. Um, yeah. and you know, in the end it's, but I feel like sometimes people try to talk about all oh, the old gods of Silent Hill and I'm, it's, it, maybe that becomes more of a thing in the later games, but, uh, it does. Yeah. There's much more cult stuff, especially in three, um, like that really leans, leans into the cult elements of it. I mean, and, and um, that, and, and I guess that makes sense, but I feel like in the game itself, mm. those, those, the endings, which are, whether you leave yourself low life uh and don't heal yourself and i think look at the knife um or the life lost and, yeah other things like that yeah. or taking care of yourself or taking care of um maria um maria yeah and and i i think that's very interesting and it's sort of like just it's very oblique the 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 mechanics behind that so it it mm. it, it i think it's an effective sort of warshack test to to how you embody James. Yeah, it is. It, it's cool that like, you know, it's, it does, as I mentioned, it doesn't just sort of flash up a choice. Um, and then you're like, oh, this, these are your three endings, sort of Mass Effect style, where you just sort of pick a path and go down that path um, one way or the other. Whereas like this, it's interesting that it's sort of, there's nothing, there's nothing tracking it in your sort of, you can't open up your stats and see what ending you're going to get. Um, and things like that, you don't, um, you don't know, uh, and it is really just about how you sort of interact with the game. Um, so yeah, so in that regard, I do think the sort of those three, those first three endings, um, definitely are the, um, the ones that I would sort of really, um, consider to be the ones that I would sort of go with as real endings, um, to the extent that any game can have a real ending. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, um, 
it's it's interesting if you actually do play the born from a wish scenario so you um i mentioned it was sort of a fetch quest it takes about an hour hour and a half to complete it um but what you are actually doing in that is you're helping this old guy um who's um his daughter has died um and what it turns out you're actually collecting is all the items that james will later need um to do the the rebirth things so this guy in in the uh, the born from wish scenario is also trying to resurrect his daughter um so i thought it was really cool that they sort of parallel those both of those uh, things and made it so that it's not just a completely random um event that james has decided to to do this dark ritual that like he's not the first person to try and do it um uh, so that's kind of cool uh yeah it um I'm, it sounds cool i'm definitely interested in uh in revisiting it mm. um I'm I'm curious, um, just because there was actually some more information released about the remake of this not too long ago. Mm -hmm. um, I am curious how that ended up being. Um, I'm worried that it might be a little bit too polished, because um, hearing like the voice acting is like genuinely like it's proper good voice acting, um, and like for better or worse, the voice acting in this game is not good, um, but it does sort of end. It, it does. It gives it that Lynchian feel where like people are, um, you know, putting the wrong inflection on things and, um, you know, they, they speak too fast in a moment or too slow in others. And like, um, you know, whether or not that's intentional, I suppose, is, is one is one thing. Um, again, I don't really give a shit about intentionality for these things, but I do think that um, having that having this game with the these voice actors who are obviously not especially good actors um um but it does it gives it that sense that you, every something's not quite right um and I, I say i'd be concerned that you'd lose that most of anything else um by having proper good voice actors coming in and doing those same lines yeah that makes sense i i i think that's mm. kind of very emblematic of uh the uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird idea. Yeah. You know, like, I think the Resident Evil 4 remake makes a lot of sense because so much about that game is mechanical. Um, yeah. And you can draw a line to, to how it would be fun to tighten that stuff, like, even within the Resident Evil franchise, mechanically. Yeah. Silent Hill is, you know, such another beast. Like, I, I'm willing to take, um, like, I assume it's going to be, you know, a, a much different type of more you know, narrative sort of yes. like through you, you're, you're ushered through the narrative game, but, um, mm. but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I do hope it's good. Um, yeah. So I suppose, uh, thank you everyone again for listening. Um, we are CRT sound system. Um, we're on Twitter, uh, CRT Pod System. We're on Instagram. We don't really use that very often, but we're there. Um, I think CRT Pod System there. Um, we are on Facebook. I, th I did actually make a Facebook page for it. Okay. Um, uh, again, not much activity on that, really, because <laughs> uh, nobody uses Facebook, but uh, what the hell. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I'm more active probably on Mastodon and Tumblr than anything else at the moment in terms of what I'm using. Um, yeah, follow us uh, on Mastodon. The, we're the we're going buck wild over there. Um, I do I do enjoy Mastodon. It's sort of um, 
it it allows me sort of a posting outlet that I don't normally get from um just uh you know again trying to avoid shit posting on the um uh on the podcast uh <laughs> absolutely um you can um, follow me on mastodon at your very good bud at jorts dot horse um yeah, I, the, the, the name is the, the, the instance name is so stupid that it's gone back around being something I like. Yeah. Um, um, it, that is a very yeah, was... 2015 humor. Uh, well, I mean, I think that was around the time that that, uh, that Mastodon instance was created. Yeah, no, um, that, that makes sense. Um, I'm also so, yeah. your very good bud on Twitter and Twitch. Yeah. Nice. Um, so uh, I suppose one thing I, I probably do want to just um, say is um, if you're listening to this and you want to come on the fucking podcast, let us know. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm I, like, just come on the podcast, even if you don't think you have anything interesting to say. Um, if you like a game a lot and you want to talk about it, just send me a DM on Twitter or whatever. Uh, send me an email. Um, hit me up on Discord. Um, like literally, uh, we're we're happy to have anyone on this podcast if they want to just goof out about a video game soundtrack for a while. Oh yeah. Um. So you know, absolutely. Um. You know, do reach out to me. Um. I will hear all comers. Um. The only thing is, be chill. Just don't 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 be <laughs> don't be uncool. And consider how low the bar is for being cool. Uh, when you listen to us on this podcast, oh, so Tom already has to deal with me. Um, that takes up a lot of his bandwidth. So, uh, um, so you know, just be just be cool, um, and we will get along fine. Um, um, I think that's everything. Yeah, I think that's everything. Um, a, wo- a wonderful yeah, uh, episode. Um, I have been uh, very much just just vibing and grooving. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of music. To, it's fun to be to. scared. You're just like. Oh, in the rest I'm a little creature yeah anyways um good night everybody <laughs> good night so the last track is the reverse will uh, which as I mentioned was the um the revival ending have a good one later <laughs>